This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Everybody Lies, our House MD podcast, the best one on the planet. I can't speak about Mars or the moon. True. Podcasts on the moon, starring Andy Kaufman and yeah. his brother, Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> Yep, Charlie Kaufman. Uh, so. Oh, nice. We're uh, calling back to two episodes ago, even though that was like a week ago. Good job. <laughs> yeah. Actually, it wasn't a week ago. It was like four days. Fresh references. Great. Uh, but um, so this episode of House is entitled Role Model, and it's uh, starring Barack Obama. Yeah, I actually watched this. Uh, I, I forgot I watched this one. It was before Mixergate, which uh, we've never come to a satisfying conclusion, in my opinion. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'm like, I watched the episode after it. And when you said we watched Role Models, I'm like, oh, shit, I completely forgot about that. Because I, you know, it's it been a while. Yeah. Big shout out to Road, by the way, who fixed the mixer for free. So Very nice. Gave it to us for free <laughs> and uh, fixed it for free. So thank you very much for that. Very nice. Uh, I cannot remember this guy's from. The um, guy who played it really obviously is like a parallel to Barack Obama at the time. Yeah, for sure. Because he, he's I mean, a black I mean, senator and he's going to run for president. Um, and he's you know like he's not doing a Barack Obama impersonation, but it's you know like he was obviously cast because he looks vaguely like him. What's I, this guy is in something else and it's going to kill me? Is he in the Matrix? Um. No, 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 no. That's not what it is. It's an episode of the X Files. Okay. Is it? Yeah, he's an episode of the X Files uh, where um, I cannot. It's uh, something about a bank robbery. I think he's living backwards in time or something like that. Yeah, and he's been in a lot of other stuff too. But that's what I remember him from the X Files. I don't remember that episode of the X Files, but that. Uh, yeah, it's that... like a murder mystery, like told in reverse. Like he's like executed the first day, and then like he and I think Mulder also goes back in time. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, I can't remember what it's called, but it, I mean, that's what I know him from, and I couldn't have sworn he was in some other sci-fi type thing. You know, he reminds me. Is he? Is he Miles Dyson? From that's Terminator? yes, yes, yes. That's who it is. It's Miles Dyson. I, I I cannot figure out who I was thinking of, but it's Miles Dyson for sure. Yeah, that, I, I was I was thinking like I didn't want to be stereotypical. Like he looks a lot like Miles Dyson, but just because he's black. But uh, but I was I I thought that was him. There's a reason he looks a lot like him. <laughs> and, it, you know, it, it was weird in this episode that he's uh, holding, like, a, a weight over a detonator <laughs> with a big Boy. smile on his face. Actually, there is Boy. one point where he's kind of like, <laughs> he's doing this thing where he can hardly breathe, just kind of like uh, in uh, Terminator 2. So maybe that's his thing. Maybe he's really good at acting like uh, he can barely breathe. Yeah, I guess he's good at that. But uh, so I mean, he's 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 good. I, I like him in this and uh, too. Terminator Two. But so this episode hey, opens. Do you like Terminator Two better than you like Terminator One? I actually like Terminator One better. It's very, very, very close. Yeah, I think they're very different movies too. Mm-hmm. Like one, the first one's almost a horror movie, but not yeah. quite. Yep. Uh, the second one's very much an adventure slash action. Mm-hmm. And the third one's like a romantic comedy. <laughs> and the third one's like a. Uh, I don't know. It's a giant piece of shit, pretty much. <laughs> I really do think it's like a rom- it's like a sci-fi rom-com with Claire Danes and uh, uh, I can't remember 
who plays John Connor's plays John Connor, lady. The most forgettable. John oh, Connor. Nick Stahl. Nick Stahl is I, in that one. Yeah, but oh uh, no, the the most unforgettable one is the one in Salvation. I don't even know his fucking name. Oh no, no, that's not true. That's Christian Bale. I was going to say I've that Christian Bale. I've seen him. I've seen the Cow Reese guy in that one. I like the yes. ending of the Terminator Three, but yeah, it's not very good. Nah, it's not a good movie. Although, if you like seeing people shoot rocket launchers into mausoleums, this movie's for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you like, uh, if you like a minigun coming out of a coffin, this movie's for you. I don't get how you can make like a third Terminator and it's not as good as a second Terminator. It's like, what the fuck's happening over there at uh, Cyberdyne Systems? Yeah, no kidding. And do they still call themselves that? I mean, are they remaining a corporate enti- entity after the apocalypse? Unfortunately for me, I've seen, I have now seen all the Terminators except for the very newest one, which I'll probably see at one point. And I think they changed the name from Cyberdyne to Genesis. I think it is. Oh, there's a movie called Genesis, so maybe they did. Yeah, I think, I think in Genesis, it's not Skynet anymore. Like they successfully stopped it, but now it's Genesis. But the most recent one they did wipes away everything after Terminator 2. So it's just Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. And then this new one. I like that the Terminators uh, felt the need to rebrand themselves at a certain point. <laughs> yeah. Like, you imagine them, like, sitting around a boardroom, like, a bunch <laughs> of, like, T-1000s, like, damn it! <laughs> Cyberdyne system sounds too cold and impersonal. Right. What if we convince a human that we're the next uh, generation of life form? Genesis. One uh, one uh, guy, like, snaps off the news and is like, look, we're getting killed uh, out there in the uh, the media. People think that uh, that we're weak. We need to, uh, you know, we need we need a hot new model. Right. What if like uh, they like uh, basically the Terminator movies actually about like uh, corporations and how like they're able to like you know skirt the law and like mm-hmm. do whatever they want without uh, control. Yeah, absolutely. Because I mean, why would they still? That makes no sense. Why would they still be a corporation afterwards or call yeah. them? I don't know. Yeah. But anyways, uh, I don't think we're talking about that today. No. So the, this episode begins with. Uh, Miles Dyson giving a speech. Miles Dyson slash I'll call Miles Obama. <laughs> Miles Obama is giving a speech, uh, and you know he starts to uh, to feel a little under the you, weather. You, you can't do that because if it ever becomes searchable, some right wing person would be like, "Miles Obama was her name before she became Michelle." <laughs> Dude, I, I see that all the time. There's a lot of people. I hope they're trolling. Maybe they're just not very bright. I, I don't know, but it's like, oh, Michelle Obama used to be a man. Yeah, I've I've heard that one. Uh yeah, it's I'm telling you. But uh, yeah, so Michelle Obama is giving a speech, and <laughs> no, uh, so Obama, Miles Dyson, I can't, I don't remember, I don't know his real name or his name in the show. But anyway, he's giving a speech. We're doing good. And he starts to feel under the weather. And then, uh, you know, this guy is like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm with the, the unions. We, we can give you a bunch of money, but you got to, you know, you got to you gotta talk our language or whatever. And then he uh, throws up on him, <laughs> like I'm sure most politicians want to do with some of these uh, donors. Um, right. But anyway, he gets rushed to the hospital. Vogler, you know, wants House to take the case because it's a big high profile case. Good for the hospital. You know, all that stuff. At the same time. From last episode, he has convinced uh, House that he has to give a speech about his the new drug that his company has come out with. Uh, I think it's a blood pressure pill or something like that, um, which has been rebranded. I, don't I think isn't it for kidneys or something like that? Something like that. It's been 
The only thing that's been added is like an an ass that has been added into it. Right, yeah. Yeah, House basically says his company just reformulates existing medicines and, you know, ups mm. the price so that, you know, they'll make tons of money and profits. Yeah, you know, and I'll, I'll tell you something. Um, uh, people might think that I'm uh, a pretty big liberal, I guess, or whatever you think about me, whatever, how, however much of my politics I've let go through. But I will say... A uh, liberal doesn't have a, a reading uh, group about the Turner Diaries, okay? <laughs> nice book club, Mark. God, I fucking love your references. I will say that um, uh, I like it in in this instance. I think that pharmaceutical companies, because basically the way it works is pharmaceutical pharmaceutical company uh, patents a drug. I believe it's seven years. They have seven years to um you know to sell the drug and then uh generics can start to make uh, generic versions of it and that's what happens i don't think there should be a limitation a limitation at least not one as little as seven years um pharmaceutical companies for whatever you say about them and there's you know there's bad things that they do there's price gouging and different things like that that they do but they spend like millions and millions and close to billions of dollars on research and development for all these different drugs, and then they get seven years to make as much money as they possibly can and try to recoup uh, their money, and then generics can swoop in and just be like, okay, now we're, we're making uh, the pill too, even though we didn't do any work. So I, I think that uh, that practice should be changed. I think they should be able to have um, yeah, at least longer... If not in, if not like somewhat indefinite, at least longer uh, patents on the drugs because they they are putting a ton of, ton of money and research into it. What about if generics paid a kickback to the original manufacturer? Like say they paid like twenty percent in perpetuity or something like that. That wouldn't be as bad. Yeah, that that yeah that that would be fine too. Some something like that. I think I think they should be. You know, I'm all about fairness. So I think that you know this company's putting a bunch of money into developing drugs that do really help people. I think they should be allowed to, you know, continue to reap the benefits uh, financially uh, from that. And for the most part, for most people, you know, you're not stuck paying hundreds of dollars or anything like that, uh, even for the, the non-generic uh, brands, because insurance does pick up a majority of it. So it's, you know, the insurance company is paying a little bit more and, you know, and everything. But I think and I think they wouldn't price gouge as much if they were allowed to make money for longer for, from it. So uh, maybe maybe they would, though. Yeah, it's possible. But uh, but yeah, I think a kickback would wouldn't be a bad idea. But I don't I don't think they should have to to try to recoup so much money in such a little amount of time when they put some of these drugs, they put you know, 15, 20 years of research into these drugs and and a ton of money. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I, I don't know exactly to be honest with you, though, uh, if we have the truth from either side. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, they spent, you know, but they didn't spend all those years and all those dollars exclusively pursuing one single drug without getting additional benefits. That's I'm sure they've discovered other things in the process. Like with Viagra, it was initially, I think, to control blood pressure. Yeah. So, you know, they're working, they just, I mean, it's not like, well, it doesn't do the blood pressure thing. Let's discard it. You know, they, they made like a very lucrative drug from something that they probably still went ahead and figured out the blood pressure thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's definitely true. And I think there's a balance. I just, I think that the patent thing, I think kind of skews a little too much towards the like kind of anti-capitalist side, in my opinion. 
Um, but you know, we don't have to go like extreme the other way. But I think there's a I think there's a balance that could that could benefit everybody uh, a little bit the other way. So, uh, but anyway, that small that small that turned out to be long aside out of the way. Um, so Vogler wants House to give a speech about this drug, which obviously House doesn't want to do, but he's going to do it so that he doesn't have to fire somebody. Uh, basically, Vogler just wants him to do what he's told. He wants to exhibit, uh, kind of like in that one episode uh, titled Control, he wants to exhibit some kind of control over House and be comfortable in the fact that he knows if he asks House to do something, no matter how detestable it is, that he will do it. Yeah, it really is just become like a personal agenda, you know, by far at this point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he views him as a liability. He views him as like uh, a, you know, something that's going to get in the way of how he wants this hospital to run. So he either needs to buckle under or he needs to go. That's kind of Vogler's attitude about it. It doesn't have anything to do with profits. It doesn't have anything to do with... um, with you know how like the corporate climate that he wants to instill or anything like that it just has to do with that vogler needs people to do exactly what he wants them to do at all times yeah he um he's way more interested in um you know making the uh, house concede to his power than he is at being right or even mm-hmm. you know like a smart businessman like him if he is a smart businessman though i mean if he just rips people off who's to say yep. he's savvy for sure i mean he should be able to you know if he's a uh CEO, he should be able to manage house and you know get the best out of him, but mm-hmm. he's just forced and like you know making him buckle to his power. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's very, very well put. And and I think house is in a lot of ways sort of the opposite. House doesn't care so much about power, he doesn't care about like control or anything like that. I mean, obviously he has a certain amount of that, and he, he you know, he likes the fact that he doesn't like people don't really tell him what to do. Um, but house cares so much more about being right. This is the right thing. You know, this is, yeah, he, yeah that's more important. I mean, he doesn't care if it makes him look bad though. Obviously he has an ego like anybody else, but yeah, being right as we later, someone else points out in the episode is really what house is all about. Yep. Absolutely. So, uh, anyway, um, so the, the Senator goes in and, uh, house is convinced to, to treat him. Uh, at first I'm trying to remember, what do they think it is first? Um, shit, I can't remember. Uh, and I know at first that they don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and then they do his blood work and his T cell counts are like, you know, in the floor and, uh, house says, uh, you know, basically that, (laughs) I don't know why, and we're, we're back to AIDS. I don't know why this phrase is so funny to me. But every time I hear it, it's just, I don't know, it's, it's, it's not funny, but it's, it's, it makes me laugh for some reason. But he says, uh, you know, uh, he's got full-blown AIDS. It's the phrase, full-blown AIDS. I don't know what's funny about it, but it's funny to me. Yeah, there's something about that, like, particular phrase that is especially funny. I don't know why, because... It's a, it's especially tragic. Maybe that's why <laughs> but yeah. like that particular phrasing is like the funniest way to mention AIDS, mm-hmm. which is weird, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so he, uh, he does an AIDS test. It comes back positive. Uh, and the senators, like, as it was pointed out earlier in the episode, his wife is dead. His wife has died. 
And, um, you know, he's had a couple dates, but n- nothing really serious. And obviously he's not focusing on that now as he's running for president or getting ready to run for president. Um, and he's like, you know, I, I can't have AIDS. Uh, I, you know, I've had sex. I think he said he's had sex twice since his wife died with two different women. Yeah. Yeah. And he used protection both times. Um, you know, like he, he does, he's not an interview. But his protection was prayer afterward. That's true. Yeah. His protection was pull and pray. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. Again, this is not politically correct, and we are not doctors, but it's, it's the risk of transmitting it with a heterosexual contact is not especially great. Especially to the man. It's very I thought you'd know. <laughs> I, I, don't know what, I don't know how that's an insult. <laughs> but, um, but anyway, so, uh, you know, House is like, House doesn't believe him, uh, you know, at first. And then he's like, you know, the he basically gives him the speech, you know, and everything. And Foreman has talked to the the senator, you know, at one point too. Uh, obviously, they're both black, and you know, he kind of <laughs> that's how he talked to him at one point. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know you're going somewhere, but I couldn't resist that with a pause. <laughs> like you know how they talk, but he's uh... I don't know how they talk. <laughs> Get two of them in a room and just watch them go. Um, but, uh, what like, do you mean? Watch him. <laughs> you think they might be doing something? <laughs> you better keep an eye on him. Um, but <laughs> anyway, so, um, he, he's talking, you know, he's talking to him about, um, you know, kind of like he's giving him the campaign. He's giving Foreman like kind of like the campaign speech, but he lets him in a, 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 like a little bit. And so then when he talks to House, because he's talked to House basically in platitudes up until this point, when he talks to House about the AIDS thing, he kind of like he goes into how he talks to Foreman, too, where there's a lot of that politician stuff there, but he lets him in a little bit, too. Um, and, you know, they mentioned early and this is another platitude thing. They mentioned early that he's got a scar on his tongue. Because uh, when he was a kid, he got uh, fell off a swing and bit his tongue or something like that. And uh, House correctly points out, he's like, "Yeah, you know, that's a uh, that's a hell of a uh, you know, like uh, like a polished story or whatever." So he kind of starts out like that, but then he does like kind of let his emotions and like his real persona uh, come through. And House recognizes it, and he runs the second uh, PCR test for for AIDS. Um, which comes back negative. So, you know, they, they've put him on, uh, on antiretrovirals, uh, for AIDS. Uh, I think, I can't remember who it is, uh, if it's Chase or, or somebody else. Chase was a sassy bitch in this episode. (laughs) He was like, uh, he's not even like, he's just being snarky in the differentials and, uh, house is like, Hey, um, you know, you know that. I can't fire you because of Vogler. So, you know, you're protected. You're not even like, you're not giving me respect. You're not really even like doing your job in there anymore. And, and like Chase is like, well, you know, you can't do anything to me. What choice, uh, you know, do you have? You just have to live with it. And, uh, you know, it's like, he's basically just like, fuck you to house, uh, which is weird, but, but anyway, so, um, he, I think Chase is like just an ass kisser basically. And, he gloms on to whoever he thinks is the most powerful ass. And that's the one he kisses. And he's with Vogler right now. So I think that's basically what's going on. But, um, but anyway, so Wilson points out, he's like, 
why'd you run the second test? And he goes, well, you're always supposed to run, uh, you know, two tests. Um, and Wilson's like, yeah, cause you're all about protocols. Um, and he says, he, he got to you. Like you believed in him and everything. And it, it is like kind of what happened. Uh, so now they're trying to figure out what, what it could possibly be. Um, and they, he, his, his respiration starts to, uh, starts to fail as we mentioned earlier. And then, um, they put him on a ventilator and they're, they're trying to figure out what's wrong. And do you remember, uh, what his epiphany was? Cause I'm trying to remember what that epiphany moment was where he realizes uh, no. it's something like, I think it has something to do with infection or something like that. Um, but he, uh, he, um, goes to the Senator and he's like, you know, he, he takes the ventilator off and he's like, uh, he basically says, when you were a kid, you had epilepsy and they gave you some kind of medication for it. What was it? And the guys go, he's back to his messaging. Now he's like, he's like, he's dying. Like he's trying to suck in oxygen. And he's like, you know, no, uh, no seizures since I was eight, no, uh, medicine since I was 10. And house is like, yeah, that's right. Just keep on the mess. Don't, me- don't pay attention to the fact that you're, you know, you're, you can't breathe and you're dying and everything. You're getting dizzy. He's like, what was the medicine called? And he said, you know, pheno something. And he said, phenytoin. I think it's phenytoin or toyin. And he said, yeah, you know, so he gives him his, his medicine back. And that's weird. Like it's an odd, like kind of tender moment from Hugh Laurie where he's like, you're okay. You're okay. Everything's okay. <laughs> After he gives him his oxygen back. Right. Um, so then, uh, he, you know, house says that, uh, I think it's CVID. I think it is, uh, it's an immunoglobulin, uh, disorder, but, uh, basically he, uh, when he, you know, was, a, when he was a kid, he got this, um, this medicine, which can call, which can trigger it and phenytoin and, um, it laid dormant for years for some reason. And then the stress of getting ready to run for president, uh, basically ended up triggering it and that's you know what caused this so he uh you know they put him on uh ivig which is uh, intravenous immunoglobulin uh which is something they use a lot for uh uh like um autoimmune diseases and and things like that because basically it's a it's a replacement for um for white blood cells and and things like that so you know his t t cell counts up his b cell counts up this disease uh, basically decimates t cell count and b cell count which are, are different um uh, types of, uh, you know, blood cells that are part of the white blood cells that fight infection. And uh, they point out that he'll have to be on medic- medicine for the rest of his life to help control it. But he, you know, other than that, he's fine. And he said, you know, he's going to run for president. He points out that he knows he can't win, but that winning's not important, that it's, you know, making progress uh, even if he doesn't win, basically. Um, which is interesting because... Maybe that was the thought behind Obama at the time, but obviously he did win um, twice. So, uh, yeah, but that's that's basically... And then House uh, goes to give the speech. Um, I think... Yeah, House goes to give the speech, and he he says, like, he, he says the remarks normally for about 30 seconds, and then goes to leave, and Vogel's like... 
you know, you got to say more. And then he basically just kind of trashes the drug. He, he, he gives his honest opinion about it. Um, right. And then, and then leaves. Uh, and, you know, obviously he's going to have to fire somebody. Then Cameron comes to him and says, um, basically she's, she's like, you know, you don't do what you do because, you know, you want to be smart. Like basically she said, like what we said earlier, you do it because it's right. It's the right thing to do. That's what motivates like your every action. And she's like, that's why, you know, I like you. And the only thing I can do about liking you uh, and you not liking me back is leave. You know, I can't be around you basically. So she's making it easy for him. He doesn't have to fire somebody. She's just going to leave. Uh, and that's basically how the episode ends. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was the episode of House. What did you think of the episode overall? It was alright. I mean, it was kind of interesting. I mean, I did obviously see like a rip from the headlines type of thing, mm-hmm. which it is or does happen. I think from time to time, like they'll take like a story from the you know news in real life and then make it into a plot line. Um, mm-hmm. Especially great. It wasn't especially bad. It was nice to see Miles Dyson, even if we forgot who he was for a long. Right. It was. I would say, you know, it's a decent um, enough episode, like you said. Uh, It's probably one of the weaker ones in the first season, uh, which is a shame because, like you said, I I like Miles Dyson uh, as an actor uh, a lot as well, and I think he was very good in this. Uh, I think the acting was was pretty good in this. I I don't think the case was especially interesting. Um, You know, the stuff with Vogler and House is a little more interesting, and that doesn't get a whole lot of play. Uh, in this episode, I'm trying to remember exactly what the next episode is. I think the next episode is another one where it's not a ton of Vogler and House stuff. They kind of put that a little on the back burner for like a couple episodes in the middle before it starts to really ramp up towards the end of the season. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, I, a middling episode for sure. Not certainly not the best in uh, in season one, but. You know, season one is overall is really solid. So it's a, it's a solid episode, but just not great. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. But I mean, I, I actually didn't really watch one after it um, mm-hmm. or most of it. So I, that one is very good. So I'm looking forward to finishing it and reporting on it next time. Back to you, Mark. All right. Well, we, uh, we are, um, you know, done here. Uh, I'm going to go talk to the boys from Brazil and <laughs> and we will uh we will see you uh next time uh bye see you next time